quick question, Mike Broomhead. Are you an early voter? No. No, I, I go to the polls. You do? I okay. do. What about you? I went to the polls on the primary, uh, but I typically do an early ballot. However, I don't vote as early as I used to because one year... A scandal broke out after I'd already filled out my ballot and mailed it in, and I had already voted for that person. Yeah, so I hang on to it a little longer now. Yeah, and especially during a primary when we have so many people in the race, a lot of times people vote early, and then by the time it's time for our primary, that candidate's already dropped out. What well, happened with Matt Salmon? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's tough. And, but I go to the polls not because I don't like early voting. I just like going to the polls. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I hadn't done it for a while when yeah. I ran in the primary. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I did. I like going to the polls. And it's a great question. And it's one we're going to talk about a lot this morning. Thanks, Jamie. And welcome, everyone. Um, as we get ready to go toward this election today, you know, mail-in ballots start today. And so you can cast your ballot if you already know who and what you're voting for on the on the ballot. You can do that as early as today. And the election is November 8th, and we are sprinting toward that date. Um, what is going to motivate people? There are a couple of things in the news. And I think there are some big mistakes that are being made by some of our leadership. Wholesale prices rose in September more than expected as inflation persists is one of the headlines. Um, and this one uh, is an interesting headline. It's humiliating. U.S. voters struggle with hunger ahead of midterms. The car started lining up hours before the late shift at the Mid-Ohio Food Collective, a converted mattress factory just south of Columbus. Drivers pulled into a white tent where volunteers rolled grocery carts full of produce, meat, cake, detergent and other items toward each vehicle efficiently loading trunks and uh, we know St. Mary's Food Bank here talked about how they've been busier than they've been even before uh, or during the pandemic that we are seeing more and more people that are having of uh, uh, issues feeding their families, feeding themselves. And these are working families. These are families that are work hard. It's not people that are homeless. It's not people that are not working or not willing to work. These are working families that just cannot make ends meet when it comes to fuel prices and the price of necessities. And they are finding themselves in need of help. And it is something that America is feeling more and more each day. The reason why I think this is a, a, a important, and here's one of the mistakes I think that has been made, this is President Biden talking about the possibility of recession. No. Look, they've been saying this now how every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't there, – there has – there is no – there's no guarantee that they're going to be rece- I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. That is so completely out of touch. Tone deaf. Absolutely, without a doubt, tone deaf. And you look at leaders on both sides of the political aisle that have been known for their communication skills and popularity over time. If you if you look back, if you're not old enough to remember, and some of you are, if you look back at the time of Bill Clinton and his presidency, when he was elected, he was not popular. As a matter of fact, I believe Time Magazine, I think it was Time Magazine, ran a story with him on the cover, and he was about one inch tall, saying that he's not up to the job. And a lot of people believe that he was elected because Ross Perot ran as a third party candidate, siphoning votes away from then President George H.W. Bush and then, in effect, by default, electing Bill Clinton. 
But by the time Bill Clinton was done with his second term, he was and remained for years a very, very big figure, the key figure in the Democratic Party. As a matter of fact, the Clintons were compared many times to the Kennedys and how the Kennedys kind of had control and were the face of the Democratic Party. The Clintons were as well for a very long time. And the key to that success for Bill Clinton was his ability to communicate on an emotional level with Americans. Now, I was not a Clinton supporter, didn't vote for Bill Clinton, but you have to acknowledge the way people are able to handle themselves. Barack Obama, the same way, hope and change, how he exuded that in the election cycle against John McCain, tying the Bush economy to the McCain economy that would come if McCain was elected president, but also preaching, whether you agree that he attained it or not, preaching a new way and hope and change and resonating with people. And one of the ways that great communicators can do that, Ronald Reagan was amazing at it. He was called the great communicator. And the reason is they were able to speak to Americans. They could transcend political parties in a lot of ways with the way they spoke to people. Bill Clinton said, I feel your pain, talking to the American people, acknowledging that the American people were going through a very, very difficult time. This administration has denied any problem and any responsibility for any problem. We had the energy secretary on, which I was a great guest, but she was in Arizona and she was looking, I think she was looking at some of the coal power plants on the Navajo Nation um but she called into the show and talked to us, and I asked her a, li- a list of questions about who's responsible for these high gas prices. And she blamed the oil companies, and she blamed the retailers, and she blamed Russia, and she blamed supply chain. She blamed everything. And I asked her finally, is there any responsibility in the policies of this administration for an increase in gas prices? And her response was very quickly, not at all. Not at all. There has never been an acknowledgement of a problem. Nor is there an acknowledgement of any responsibility for those problems. And I think it's a huge, huge mistake. The American people see that as a slap in the face. you got stories being written in multiple markets across this country where people are having issues feeding themselves and their families. And the president of the United States blindly says, ah, we're, we're fine. We're nothing happening here. And if it does happen, it's going to be so small. Remember when they called inflation transitory, how it's going to spike up a little bit and then it's going to go away and it never did. And they acted too late. Absolutely, without a doubt, tone deaf to the needs of the American people. Now, there are many people out there that are still Biden supporters that are saying the president is doing the best he can. And you're entitled to that opinion. But how do you not acknowledge that he's making a huge mistake by not saying we understand that there are Americans right now that are hurting, that the price of gasoline climbing again is is detrimental to the personal economies of Americans in the working class that we are fighting for, at least acknowledge that it's happening and saying you're doing something about it. Instead, he goes on and he talks about accomplishments. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. We still have real problems. But we look, 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 what we, look what we got done. We passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We moved along I mean, there's so much that's been accomplished that the idea that there's uh, something, there's an automaticity to recession is just not, is just not there. 
So the Labor Department has uh, released a new proposal. Companies are required to provide certain benefits and legal protections to employees but not contractors, making employment of these types of workers more expensive. So they want to reduce this. They want to get rid of what they call gig workers or contract workers. And um, and it is going to cost businesses more money, but it's going to cancel people's jobs. In California, they're talking about a huge crisis of truckers because many truckers are independent contractors. And now they're going to have to be classified as employees. And many of these people are going to get rid of their trucks and go do something else. It's going to run them out of business. So the policies of this administration contribute to the problem. They are – it is just over and over again we've talked quite a bit about what they've done with climate change and how that seems to be the sole focus. But now the president gets pressed a little further. This is more about recession and how he responds. But you just said that a slight recession is possible. It is possible. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. But I do think – look, we talk about the impact on families. The families are – they have reason to be concerned about energy prices. They have reason to be concerned about a whole range of issues. But look what we've done. We've been able to the Inflation Reduction Act. <laughs> so then he talks about the Inflation Reduction Act, which I find to be absolutely hilarious. There's more than one way to bring down the cost, monthly cost for, for people who, in fact, are struggling to, to make sure they have ended, the ends meet and they have enough money. And that's what we've done with the Inflation Reduction Act. Look, we've reduced drug prices. We've allowed, uh, we've, for the first time, we've been trying for years to get Medicare to be able to negotiate drug prices. We pay the highest drug prices of any nation in the world, any mm-hmm. major nation. We're going to be in a situation where no senior is going to have to pay more than $2,000 a year for the drugs, no matter how much they cost. We've reduced the price. We're going to make sure that nobody has to pay more than $35 a month for insulin, etc. So there's so much we've done and the same with on energy we passed the look what i ran on i said we're going to deal with energy right and and the energy problem we're going to deal with the whole notion of global warming climate change you're not supposed to say global warming anymore mr president wholesale inflation rises more than expected in september with prices jumping eight point five percent and the president of the united states says in that interview and brags about the inflation reduction act which everyone knows did nothing about inflation it was solely about climate change and he is absolutely without a doubt out of touch with the american people that's why he gets such low numbers on the importance of the economy on jobs it is it's absolutely shocking to me that they continue to talk about these things. How can the president of the United States, knowing the numbers that are out there about inflation continuing to be very, very high, the Fed making dramatic increases in interest rates to try to slow down the economy and slow down inflation? Could he sit there and say the inflation? Would you even utter the words the Inflation Reduction Act? And I just think he is doing a disservice by not acknowledging that the American people are hurting and saying we have to do something about it. And that's not what's happening. Coming up in a moment, um, Senate candidate Blake Masters joins the show. We're going to talk with him about the recent debate, talk to him about recent poll numbers, and we'll talk to him about the campaign as a whole. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. You're listening to continuing Arizona votes coverage of the 2022 election with Mike Broomhead. And thanks for being here this morning, uh, continuing to be, uh, as best we can, have informed voters. We have joining us right now Senate candidate Blake Masters. Blake, welcome back. 
Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you. Hey, let's start off with the debate that happened recently and, and some of the poll numbers. I don't know if you heard during the newscast that have come out recently, some conflicting reports. Let's start with the debate. How do you think the debate went? Was it beneficial to you? Um, and uh, what do you think happened that night? It's good for me. Bad for Mark Kelly. You know, I think he struggled to defend his record, although that's not entirely surprising because his record is indefensible. So how could he defend it? Mike, he said, I've been focused on the border since day one. And it's like, really? I mean, it made me mad when he said that, but he also walked into the trap. I said, if that's the best you can do, if you've been focused on the border since day one, you must be the worst and most ineffective senator of all time because guess what? The border's still wide open. Well, with the addition of a libertarian candidate, poll numbers out from OH Predictive Insights say he had a big jump and that Mark Kelly has increased his lead. The, the suspicion is that there's some votes being siphoned away from you going toward a libertarian candidate. Do you believe that to be true? No, the suspicion is that poll is fake. I literally laughed when I saw it. Every other credible poll, every piece of internal data we have suggests this race is tied. It's within the statistical margin of error. And, uh, no, I crushed Mark Kelly in that debate. And so to think that I'm going to go down and I'm down 15 points, no, it is fake. It's what's called a suppression poll. I don't know who's paying OH predictive, or maybe they're just really bad at their jobs, but it's designed to push a narrative and demoralize Republicans. We can safely discard it as fake news. So let's talk about I know you've been asked questions recently about the election every time you know, all the candidates that are endorsed by President Trump have been asked about the election being stolen, some removal of some data on your website. What is that all about? Can you explain what happened and why it's down? I mean, read what my website says now. You know, sometimes you change a website, sometimes you change a stump speech. My gosh, I believe everything that was on the website. I believe everything that is on the website. I believe that the 2020 election was not as free or fair as it should have been. And the biggest problem, of course, was the FBI pressuring Facebook, pressuring big tech and big media to censor, to suppress true information about Hunter Biden's crimes, crimes that could have credibly implicated Joe Biden. They said that was Russian disinformation. Well, no, it wasn't, Mike. It was true. And millions of people in Arizona and across this country didn't get to hear about that before casting a ballot. If you think that's free and fair, I just I, I disagree because it's obviously not. So just to just to get the question out there and have you ask it and answer it, then we'll move on. Are you going to accept the results of this election in 2022, no matter what those results are, whether you win or lose? I look forward to accepting the results, and I look forward to what is obviously, hopefully, going to be a clean election. You know, hopefully, we don't see all sorts of shenanigans. Absolutely. But I expect to win this race because the people of Arizona are ready for a change. Who looks around at wide open borders and unlimited illegal immigration, uh, fentanyl flooding through our streets, rising crime, rising prices and says, yeah, more of this, please. Well, that's what you get if you vote for Mark Kelly. So I think you and your family deserve better. It's time to make a change. What are the bigger issues in Arizona that you're hearing about? We know abortion is climbing in the minds of others, uh, of people. But is it still the economy and the border in Arizona as you travel around? Are those the two key issues? Yes, it is. It is. People, I'm, I'm meeting seniors with tears in their eyes who are almost uh, getting evicted because their rent just keeps going up and up. And Mark Kelly's inflation is crushing them. I'm meeting parents whose kids have died from fentanyl. We lost 2,000 people in Arizona in the last year from this poison, right? And it's poisonings. They're not overdose. They're poisonings. And it's coming right up through our southern border. And apparently Joe Biden and Mark Kelly like it this way because they haven't done a darn thing to stop it. I want to ask you about the endorsement uh, yesterday from the former vice president. Um, was that a surprise to you that he endorsed you? Or did you talk to him about that ahead of time? And wh- how, why was that decision? Why did he make that decision to endorse you? 
I think Vice President Pence endorsed me because he sees that I've pulled even in this race. He knows that Arizona is a crucial state. We need this Senate seat. Mark Kelly, all Republicans, all independents can agree that Mark Kelly is a horrible senator. He just votes as a rubber stamp for Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden's agenda. So, look, I'm a proud American first Republican. I'm a proud supporter of President Trump. But, no, I'm not surprised to have the support, uh, and I'm honored to have the support of, of Vice President Pence and Governor Doug Ducey. We need a united Republican Party going into this November election. And when we're all united, we can send the Democrats packing. That's what Arizona needs. That's what this country needs right now. So let's also talk about one of the key moments for me, at least in the debate when I saw it, was the question about abortion and a limitation when Mark Kelly didn't necessarily answer about whether he was in favor of limitations or not. Can you talk about your stance and where it where it is? Where do you, How do you feel about the 15-week limit or the law in Arizona that we are going to default to that disallows almost every abortion? Can you clarify your stance? Well, the law in Arizona right now is 15 weeks. And, you know, the whole point of reversing Roe with the Dobbs decision is to send this back to the state. It almost doesn't matter what my personal opinion is about state law. I support what Arizona is going to decide. Arizona's decided 15 weeks. Hey, as a senator, I'm going to be voting on federal law. And I also believe in a limit at the federal level. I believe in a 15-week limit. That's where most people find it reasonable to draw the line. I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for that. That just means I believe in limits. I believe in the exceptions. I support the exceptions. Uh, But I believe in limits. So... Contrast that to my opponent, Mike, who believes in no limits at all. Mark Kelly literally sponsored a bill that would have mandated abortion nationwide up until the moment a baby is due to be born. Right up until the moment of birth. And the only countries that have that radical, extreme, no limits abortion policy are China and North Korea. So I'm proud to believe in limits. Most people in Arizona do. Mark Kelly is the abortion radical. He believes in abortion up until the moment of birth. And that's just so extreme. He's out of step with the state. If people want to learn more about your campaign and find out more about your stances on the issues and check out your website, how do they find you? Very simple. Just go to BlakeMasters.com. Blake, as always, I appreciate the time. Look forward to having you on again before the election. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. All right, great. That is uh, Blake Masters, a Republican candidate for United States Senate. Again, being informed voter, go to KTAR.com slash Arizona votes. Those are the places you that's the place you can go to hear all of our candidate interviews, not just mine, but here at the radio station, stories that have been written just to help you be more of an informed voter. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me and it's the big Q poll question of the day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Oh, yesterday was a good day uh, there, Mike Broomhead. It was. How so? Yeah. How so? Well, you, you know, we like to pay tribute to a teacher. We went back into the classroom. Oh, I saw the pictures. First time since COVID. Pretty cool. Dude. I'm telling you, man, it is, it is, it was so cool to see, you know, to hand a teacher a $2,500 check and to, you know, see the kids get excited about it. Cause for the last couple of years, we just couldn't go into a school. Right. And so it was really cool, man, uh, to go back in and. You know it's normal. I know that we got. I know we got another surge coming. And I know most of us don't care, uh, but um, it was great. It felt normal. It is normal. You know we've moved past. You know the worst part of this whole pandemic and going back into a classroom, dude. It was. I, it made my whole day. It was so cool. Yeah, and I th- I love that program and I love the fact that you guys are doing it, acknowledging great teachers and twenty five hundred bucks is quite a bit of change. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Now. On a sad note, i got to give you the big cue. All right, let's hear it. So 
three GCU students were killed. Mm-hmm. A wrong way driver. Uh, these were 18, 19 year old young women, uh, freshmen at GCU. Brutal. So how do we prevent this from happening? Uh, I throw a couple things here. Uh, more technology on highways, more cops patrolling highways, tougher penalties for wrong way drivers. And then D, I wish I knew because I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. either. I know I've heard you talk a little bit about, you know, we have less cops here, and yeah. that means patrolling the highway is a little bit more difficult. But. Yeah, if you look at the way that the, the DPS, if you look at DPS, how we've increased in freeways since I've been here, the expansion yeah. of the 60, the 202, both of them, the right. 101, the 303, the huge Crazy. expansion of our freeways, we have not increased the size of the DPS really at all. There are parts of the freeways that they can't even patrol. No, no. And I know that we have some technology, but, man, we you got three young yeah. women that are just freshmen in college, and their life is over because some moron decided to get behind the wheel, drunk yep. or high, and that's what happened. We have three dead kids. Yeah, and it's it was that that crash. If you saw the video, the crash yeah. was devastating. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. a it's a sad question, but I think a relevant one. So I look forward to seeing how people answer, and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Okay, see you tomorrow, Mike. Thanks, Gatos. The BQ poll question today brought to you by your value. Toyota dealers coming up just after nine o'clock. Um, what are special interest migrants? Have you heard that phrase before? Well, if you haven't, I'll explain what they are coming up next.